You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan, Stapes and Broughton invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears, and Sochi is sober. God. That was the exact right response. <laughs> I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hartigan. Hello. And he is my work abusive stepdad. Hello. Matthew Broughton. Hello. We're all together still for our Sochi recap. Hey, uh... Sochi, Sochi, where are we landing? I on thought we agreed one? on Sochi. Sochi. I think it's Sochi for English people, Sochi for. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna stay with Sochi. Oh, I think it's dreadful. So, uh, Sochi was uh, Elky Strikes Back in the Return of the Moneymaker. For sure. Right? Both, Pretty cool stuff. A kind of resurgence for both of them. Well, Elky in back to back events, but for Moneymaker, first cash in, what was it, five years? Five years, and he is going to talk about it today on our show. He is the guest, and he will be playing another edition of Is That Your Real Name? (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm sure he loves every single time. Matt, help me out with that one. We got a couple of questions from Matt there, too. I am going to announce just how much money I made or didn't make during Scoop, and who wins Matt Broughton's copy of Logan? Which was wonderfully gifted last week. (laughs) I did now. I gave away Matt's copy of Logan to this whoever wins this contest. But then I did give Matt another copy of Logan when I could see he actually did care a little bit. Yeah, I, I, well, I was kind of caught on the air in one of those, hey, buddy, you don't mind giving £200 to charity? And you go, no, no, that's absolutely fine. Thinking, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I've now got Joe's and someone's going to get mine. Sachi, Sochi, fuck, I can't get it right. <laughs> That place in Russia is now just a distant memory. I can hardly remember it, seriously. Uh, we are already looking ahead on the road to Barcelona. Yeah, which is near enough three months away, but this month, June, is all about qualifying for the next leg of the Pokestars Championship. Barcelona. Uh, and today's super fan is Joao Mateus, whose specialist subject is episode seven of this show. Yeah. What if I watch Star Wars Episode 7? I don't even matter. You don't remember anything from one day to the next. Have, have, you, we, have we, you watched Rogue One yet? Uh, I mean, yeah, the first three quarters of it. I, How <laughs> have you not finished watching this because, movie Because yet? now I'm waiting for like the exact right moment because like it was ruined for me. And now I'm like, honestly, I'm like really hoping I meet some girl that I really like. And I'm like, hey, do you want to watch Star Wars? You go, oh my God, I love Star Wars. And then it's going to be like, you know, birds chirping and rainbows and... And then I'll dump her. Have uh, you finished the OA yet? Nope. Have you finished the last season of Game of Thrones yet? No, I still have the last episode oh of Game of Thrones. Oh my God. Too. But what I'm going to do is, like you guys are all going to get to just watch one new episode of Game of Thrones when the premiere comes out in a month or two. I'm going to get to watch two new episodes. <laughs> back to back. I get to go. I don't have to wait any time between seasons because I'm going to finish one season, bang on when the new season Such starts. Such a positive attitude. I, I guarantee like it. you're going to fire up episode 10 of the last season. Like, I've no idea what's going on here. What, what happened in the last episode? Well, maybe that same girl will go, hey, you want to binge watch the last season of Game of Thrones before the new one starts? Say, I'm going to go, obviously, oh. yes, I want to lay around all day eating takeout with you. Joe, I need you to put us out of our misery because you've had us on the edge of our seats for a week wondering how much you won or lost in scoop event number one the phase event where you went to canada to play the second phase now how much did you cash for i'm gonna start with this all results are final in this competition because somebody like comes at me with like some expense i forgot like whatever this is it like okay this is the final ruling today final ruling but please recap exactly how much you cashed for. okay so i cashed for 529 dollars and 48 cents but 
you had expenses. I had expenses to get to fucking Canada. <laughs> like I was dodging the draft to go finish. I have an important question, by yeah. the way. Are you subtracting the buy-in as well? Oh, fuck. Doesn't matter. You've already said that the final answer is the final answer. I didn't subtract the buy-in. I forgot the buy-in. Did you use a spin-and-go ticket or something? Were you free-rolling I want this? a spin-and-go ticket after I already bought in. So you're pretty much cost-neutral we'll on call the buy-in. That. Okay, we'll call that even. We're fine. We're Great fine. question. I can't believe I was so fucking stupid and I didn't remember that. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right. I cashed for $529.48. Now, the company I was working for in Fargo changed my flight for me and didn't charge me. Nice. Oh, that's nice So nothing there. The guys who picked me up in Fargo and drove me to Canada did it in a Prius and did not charge me for the gas. Wow. wow. So far, we have a profit of $529.48. However, ah. the hotel, which I had to book for two nights because I needed the night before, and then they would have booted us out of the room at 11 in the morning. Yeah. That was $397.32 Canadian. How does that translate into US dollars? Two ninety four sixty six. Okay, so you've now lost half your money. We've lost half our money. Should I count the souvenirs I bought in Winnipeg for the various <laughs> girls I'm dating? Yes, I yes. should, because yeah. I would not have been in Winnipeg <laughs> otherwise. otherwise. Yeah. Correct. So it's an expense of being there, yeah. Twenty six seventy seven US for the souvenirs. Okay. I, and you better fucking enjoy that snow globe, is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> bought lunch for the guys that day in Winnipeg, had snacks for the road trip. That amounted to fifty five sixty nine US. <laughs> then as a thank you to the guys who drove me there, I took them out to Buffalo Wild Wings later in the week. I okay. got to count that. That was $151.55. How many people did you take out to dinner? Wow. It was a bunch of people, so. I imagine that the uh, alcohol probably constitutes most of that. It was tab. a lot of beer and a lot of wings that didn't get eaten. Okay. Is that it? So, yes, that is it. So the total of $529.48... Minus my expenses, you guys never believe this, of $528.57. It's an almost break-even trip, but you actually turned a small profit. Please do with 91 cents profit. (laughs) That's nearly a dollar, Joe. Well done. And the most ridiculous part is that the winner who guessed something like $3 profit is Sam the Manic Flea, who is so fucking good at this because she's the exact person who two years ago accurately guessed how much money I spent at the Download Festival and and won my filthy sweatshirt. Stapes is how much money did I burn competition. Yes. So congratulations to Sam the Manic Flea. You're going to get Matt Broughton's copy of Logan on (laughs) Blu-ray. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's not better than Joe's copy, which is what I've now got. Right, yeah. Anyway, uh, everyone, Logan is the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, Matt gave some shit. Matt's being very charitable this week. Oh, actually, yeah. Well, I mentioned this at the end of the, the last podcast. that so I was off to a, a charity event. I got invited to the annual City Poker Classic at the Vic. Not been at the, to the Vic for years and years and years. Uh, it was raising money for Carers Trust, which actually is a, a charity I'm quite happy to get behind. It's like, you know, when kids end up like having to care for their parents or the other way around. I thought, I'm familiar with uh, a very similar charity. Okay. And, and this was pretty interesting. The thing is, because I do a, th- a few different roles in the games industry, I wasn't entirely sure in what capacity. Why they were inviting you. Exactly. Was it from the magazine thing? Was it from Pokes? I just, I just didn't know what it was. So I turned up a little bit apprehensive, but thinking, Pokers Poker, it's a good charity, etc., etc. I got there. I was there a bit early because I came straight from the record that we did the podcast. I was one of the first people there. Got straight into the free bar, soda and lime. I don't want to milk the charity dry. Um, 
And lots of free crisps and nuts. I've never I've, thought of that, of all the times I've gone to charity events and then just drank like $1,000 yeah, worth no, of booze. I didn't, I didn't do that. I, I, I think about these Shit. things. Um, and there were loads of free snacks there, so I set myself up on a table and I was absolutely smashing into these free crisps and nuts. And this top dog guy comes over from, from the Carers Trust just because I was one of the few people there. And he came over and said, oh, do you, do you play poker a bit? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty keen. Um, can I uh, can I prod you for some strategy? And I'm thinking, yeah, for sure. I'm like, you know, I think he's going to ask me, you know, got jacks in early position there's three x from the aggro player that's been like played that let me guess does does a run beat a flush no he said can you always see <laughs> Wait, what i thought oh no it's the cowboy from says i'll see your raise oh can and you I, always can see? you always see and i'm like oh. you're like i only if you open your eyes and i'm like oh what well, do you know what you kind of get to see at the end but we don't really ever say that. And so I'm thinking, oh, well, this isn't good. And then I realised as more like suits come in, this isn't like an industry thing. This is a suits. Did they have the ranking of hands ah! on cut out and keep guides for people to have? I have with me. Oh, wow. My VIP pass that I was given to wear to get into the venue, which made me feel very special. And I noticed on the back of my VIP poker pass, the hand rankings. And I'm thinking... It's a very clever idea, but I'm starting to get a feel for the kind of like crowd. how necessary that was. I've got 103 people to get through. Oh, also worth mentioning, I've been absolutely caning the crisps and peanuts. I head off to the bathroom and bump into their kind of on-site celeb who is going to be teaching the beginners. And it's Hendon Mobs Joe Beavers. Joe, ah. the elegance The beavers. elegance beavers. And he's like, hello, Matt, and he shakes my hand. I'm like, how are you doing? Da, da, da. I have a nice old chinwag with him. I haven't spoken to him in some years. I head off to the bathroom, and it's only as I'm washing my hands, I look in the mirror. My teeth are absolutely full of nuts. And Chris, <laughs> like, I look like an absolute tramp who's just rammed my face with good stuff. Um, chinwag I, with a beaver, mouth full of nuts. I love it. There's got to be something there for you, Joe. I know. Um Anyway, and so the game begins, and I'm thinking, let's just make the best of it. I sit down, and almost everyone at my table is saying, I've never played this before. This will be fun. Is it one of those games where everyone's got like a thousand chips, the blinds are 2550, and go up every 10 minutes? Yeah. It, it, yeah, basically. Turbo Donkerman. And they did actually that something. sounds like a lot of play for a charity event. If ever you're if ever you're running a charity event, did the best trick ever. It was meant to be a 25 quid buy-in with, with you know, unlimited rebuys. When everyone sat down, the guy at the table said, it's £30. And of course, you're, you don't want to go, well, I was told it was 25 So everyone just hands over 30 and you go, do you know what? Whatever, that's fine. And then the guy that stands up before the event says, by the way, I know that we asked everyone for £30. It should be 25 so we're going to instruct the dealers to give everyone a £5 back. But as it's for chatty, I would just say, oh, don't worry about it. Yeah. And, of course, you're all going, yeah, don't don't worry about it. I'm thinking, oh, I so should have had more than soda and lime. But anyway, <laughs> um, I have, from my table of people, also worth mentioning, for some reason, my table was six-handed. All the other tables were nine and ten-handed. Nice. They just didn't care. And at one point, I thought, I don't want to be the, like the You douche. definitely can't be like, I was like uh, these tables aren't balanced. Well, I just very casually, I let it go for a fall and then just said to the dealer, well, the, the tables be balanced this morning. He went, yeah, at some point. Right. Okay. But would be great I, is if people kept going bust from your table and you're playing heads I, up and everyone else is still nine and ten. I, I think you're an advantage. Six max, more action. You can open your opening range. Okay. What are you doing? Even thinking about these <laughs> things? Who fucking cares? It's a complete document. Well, with that in mind, I have a hand for your uh, general right. opinion. Here we go. It's a fantastic journey through space and time. It's hand histories, pre-flop action. Okay, so it's early. It's 25.50. I'm in seat four. I'm the small blind. I got pocket kings. Ooh. Pocket kings and small blind. Now, I just limp. 
And that is very much born of the fact that in an environment like that, my my general experience is... Actions folded to you? Uh, no, no, it's sorry. It's just been it's just been uh, mostly folded. One guy, sorry, one guy is called. One guy There's is, a limper is just in called. front of you. There's a limper in front of me. It's come all the way around me. Sorry, yes, you're absolutely we right. We can't one do limp. this for a living. Sorry. <laughs> I, I've struggled to picture it without a screen in front of me. There's been one limper in seat six. Okay. Comes around to me in seat four on the small blind, and I also just limp in. Right. Because I'm thinking mostly in those environments, raises don't tend to get much acknowledgement. So I just limp in. Our boy in seat six now raises. Hang on, what did the big blind do then? Yeah, that's... Say, I'm just trying. Right, he was fo- he folded. I have a really hard time. Why did he fold if there's no raise? Because it's a charity event and they don't know how to play poker. Okay. Right. Okay. I'll start from the top. Hang on a second, everyone. <laughs> Pre-fold. I mean, we, look, we want to pay no, attention to your story. I, I'm going to start over. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Pre-fold. Right. Okay. Action. So it, I'm in the small blind. Big blind. Action goes. Fold. Fold. Seat six. He just limps. Comes round to me. I also just limp. Okay. The guy in the big blind folds. Awesome. Even though the dealer goes, but you've... Okay, don't worry about it. So now we're just heads up okay. right now at this point. So I I actually... It gets to me... I've said this wrong. This doesn't make sense. I'm so glad Matt does this too because I do I've the exact no same thing. I've got no fucking idea what was going on in no, this No, no, he just got it wrong. And that's what happens when you try to remember stuff sometimes. When you're not like a real poker player. Because you don't ultimately don't give a shit. You're only trying to remember for the show. I think I don't. I think my my issue is that I didn't limp. I think I'm. I didn't limp. I raised it. I raised it from the small blind. Right. But all that I did makes was make. Sense all I did was make fold. a min raise. Another hand, the big blind tried to fold, and the dealer told me he couldn't. And Matt just tried to skirt that issue. That right. detail into so, this so story. So actually, too. there's a limper. I made it a hundred. I made a min raise. That's why the big blind folds. Sorry, big blind. That was unfair to say you were a loser. <laughs> so right, back on seat six, and he now, he now re-raises. So we're facing a three bet, and he now makes it three hundred. Okay. It comes round. Sorry, he makes. So yeah, he makes it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not. I'm really not doing very well with this. <laughs> this is great. I'm so right. happy that this isn't I, me you for know, once. I'm fine. I'm fine. I have Thank remembered. Fucking god. It got round right. So he starts things off by making a hundred. Just to be clear, you're not even doing this from memory. You've made notes. Well, I had notes in my phone. This is like Peter Hanra Hanran. Turning up at the camera. What's that in the corner? My notes aren't very good. Right, I've totally remember what happened. This guy, he Fire makes... it all up again. Go, start right. over. Hang on a minute. Hand histories. God. Pre-flop action. Right, it's <laughs> 2550, everyone. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. I'm in a small blind. Were you at a charity event? I was there. <laughs> okay. There was a photo taken of me. Um, is the chap in seat six just min raises to 100? Oh, okay. so he doesn't limp. He doesn't limp at all. It comes down to me, and I make it 300. Okay. There was a guy in the background on crutches. He was limping. He was limping. I knew there was some limping. Okay, so, I've, so he's made it 100. I've made it 300. He calls. I can't believe this is so complicated. The flop. Flop comes down 899. Okay. I'm obviously in the small blind. I'm first to act. You have the betting lead. I bet 300. Okay. He calls. The turn. Turn is an ace. Ooh. Now, you might imagine I don't like this much. No. I check. He does something I've never faced before, which is he goes to the lanyard. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, yes! I've never, we've seen people go in the tank. We've seen people take a timeout. Yes. We've never seen anyone go to the lanyard. What does it mean? I have a question. Are the suits relevant here? Is it a rainbow board? Uh, it's not relevant. Okay. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it's not, not going to make any odds. 
He goes to the lanyard and checks out the hand rankings for quite a long while. Oh my god! And then he bets three hundred and fifty. What? What do you do? What do you do here? Ah. Uh, so I've I've been aggressive with the kings. He's called. He's come with the ace. Okay, here's here's where my thought process go. I'm like I'm I'm beat, but I want to fold. I want to fold and show everyone. But since no one's gonna understand what a great fold I'm making, yeah. I probably just call anyway. No, I think <laughs> you have to call here because surely he's not checking if a pair of aces what's beats your, anything. What's your stack too, by the way? Because um, it's right at the beginning. It, it was like you know the like the eighth or tenth hand. So again, the stacks are just. They just what did you start with though? Because uh, like the betting that's already happened. If you started with a thousand, you're almost no, all no. In. We started with five thousand. I love the fact, by the way, that we are overanalyzing a hand in a turbo donkeyman. <laughs> this is all we I'm have. Gonna, I'm going to put him on jack 10. I'm going to say he's open-ended, and I'm going to say call with the kings. I think that he is ace nine. Well, the good news is... Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And that is indicating that Joe was absolutely right when he said that I just fold, because I go, I have no idea where I am. He's gone to the lanyard. I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. Did it, he show? It, he didn't show. And I even folded, showing the kings to go... Well, I'm going to lay this down. And the dealer... And went, then he looked at the lanyard and, again. And do you know what? The only, the only bit of salvation was the dealer just looked at me and went, yeah. <laughs> and this other guy just went... And, he, fo- and he, couldn't, he didn't even know how to fold. Like, you know, these are guys that are picking the cards up off the table. The he kind cards. Of, he kind of pushed the fold card towards the dealer. And the de- I, and I, I, I'm going to revise my estimate of what he had. Right. I don't think he had jack 10. I think he had like a pair of fives. And he's working out going, I've got two pairs. It could be. Fives and nines. I mean, I, the thing is, I don't know. He could have had quad aces. He, uh, sorry, sorry, quad eights. He could have had just anything. But what I realized was... Oh, I, I, thought just, it came, I thought it was nine, nine, ace. But yeah, no, he had ace, eight. Like, he's just like... That, that full house is really confusing to people that don't play poker very often. And they're like... Yeah. I, I don't oh, know. Oh, I just have these three cards and these two. Is this anything? And, and like- then later on... And actually, the rest of the game was absolutely fine. People didn't know what they are doing, but it was absolutely fine. It was quite a good laugh. And at the very end, I ran... I ran a guy, uh, there was a queen high board and I had ace queen and I shoved it all in. The guy had flopped a straight and took like an hour to check his lanyard. He went to the lanyard <laughs> and then went, um, I, I, I guess I caught. And I was like, well, this will be a good race. No, he actually flopped the straight and was just totally accidentally slow rolled me. And I just stood up and I went, well, look, I don't think this is a game I can beat. Have a lovely time. I'll be stuffing my face with crisps over with Joe. It was, uh, it was good. It was a good event. I didn't really play much poker. Oh, I've got something in my bag, by the way, Matt. I've got the Sting on Blu-ray. Ooh! Yes, because I've rewatched it now, Joe. Before next week's episode, are you going to be able to revisit this movie? Let's talk about that. <laughs> what but- now? Okay, so I'm going to a wedding in Wales. Okay, are you flying at any point between now and next Wednesday? Yes, and I've downloaded it onto my iPad. So, so yeah, yes, I think I can. Yeah, I think. I but think, I'm really hoping to meet that girl first, the Rogue One, Game of Thrones. I think that's girl. unlikely. So just maybe put that out of your mind for now. I think you need to prioritize this because this is going to be a decent chunk of next week's podcast. We're going to be breaking down this movie. It'll be a, a retrospective review from me and Joe. But Matt, you've never seen it before. No, nope, so you'll be looking at it with Clee. With I'm the, really excited for Matt to see it. Absolutely, with with um, with an unprejudiced view. But remember, we want to make the super fan contest on next week's podcast all about the movie The Sting. Here's the sweetener: you normally play for a twenty-seven dollar satellite ticket, and an everyone loves a chop pot hoodie. That's when you set what the specialist subject is. If we pick the subject, in this instance, The Sting, nineteen seventy-three. I'm making the prize a 109 euro Barcelona satellite ticket. Can I pitch something else here? Uh-oh. 
since Matt is seeing it for the first time, what if this one time only it's super fan versus Matt? I will make the quiz. Because this thing is one of my favorite movies. The only worry is, deep down in my heart, I know that you're the only thing in this trio that anyone's interested in. <laughs> and it feels like it would be depriving someone... You think of, someone will be disappointed to play against Matt and not just the fact that it's a $109 I mean, I, I, like, I like the idea because... Right, I, how about I this? Think, Wait, yeah. how about this? How about Matt plays along? I'll put together the quiz. James is going to do the quiz. It will be, still be Superfan versus Tapes. But Matt can be a lifeline for both the Superfan and Joe, potentially. Oh, there we anyway, go. Nice. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> what is important is if you volunteer to be on next week's podcast as the Superfan, we have got a €109 Euro Barcelona satellite ticket up for grabs. doesn't matter if you've never seen the movie before. You can track it down on DVD, Blu-ray or digital HD, watch it for the first time and compete against Joe and potentially Matt as well to win that ticket and the Chop Pot hoodie. And I'm just going to throw out the idea, this is something I think we should do from time to time, which is go back and look at an old movie that has something to do with gambling. Maybe we can revisit The Cincinnati Kids sometime, or Casino Royale. Like we did with... Uh, Win It All. Win It All, yeah. And, and, and link it to a superfan contest as well, with an extra special prize. So there are other movies that maybe we could talk about in the coming weeks. Sure, that works. So if you want to be, uh, be the superfan, use the hashtag, poker in the ears, and yes. also, if you've never tweeted into the show before... We want to hear from you. There's a good chance. You know, we hear from the same people all the time, which is great. Uh, but we want to hear from some of the other folks out there. Get involved. It helps us out because it sort of mixes up the sorts of conversations we can have. Yeah. And uh, we want to know who you are. So use that hashtag, Poker in the Airs. If you're a first-time tweeter, we're very likely to use it on the show. Okay, let's talk about the PokerStars Championship just gone. Event Recap. Event Recap. much told the big story of this tournament in the intro to the show it was yes. the return of the money maker mm -hmm. elky strikes back yes uh because two in a row for elky now where he's gone deep money maker is a guy i didn't realize that all the needling i do of money maker of like oh i'll see you in the booth by level three uh he genuinely hadn't cashed on our tour in five years. It is quite incredible, to be honest. And what I found really weird about this event is that understandably, we were following Elki and Moneymaker from day two when we started covering the tournament because they were the faces we knew. And what, 80% of the entrants in Sochi were Russian players? Yeah. Um, but bizarrely, we kept following them right through to the penultimate day. Right, That was. I also noticed that in that, uh, so it's on the start of day two, it was like, okay, who's left that we know? Elky, Chris Moneymaker, Vlad Tarnowski, Jason Wheeler. Yeah. Right? That was about it. And then we lost Jason like the next day or something three, like yeah. that. And then Elky and Chris and Vlad go super deep in yeah. it. And so to me, it, it again, not that we really have to make this argument anymore, it really proves 
uh, that the best players are going to go deep more often than anyone else. Yeah, I feel really bad for Elkie. On the one hand, absolutely two deep runs, but he is so desperate to win again. He's so desperate to make a final table. And his reaction when he went, just as it was in Monte Carlo, just utterly devastated. Yeah, he takes it really hard. Um, and I can't even imagine the pressure. Honestly, part of the reason why I, I'm not a poker player and people are you know, always shocked that I don't really play that often is because I hate losing. Like, I genuinely hate it. And I can only imagine what that would feel like if that is your livelihood. That's your living. Yeah. And you're sponsored and you represent something and there's that extra pressure as well that you really think, this is great. This is really great for me to come back and prove... I am worth it. Look at what I can achieve. And you get so close. And we saw him just just sitting on that table, just devastated. It's like, didn't skip off. Like, right, okay, well, never mind. It's like, it really hit him deep. It's tough to watch sometimes. Moneymaker, on the other hand, took his bust out far better than I would have expected him to, because I've seen him take it badly a few times. Well, we've got Moneymaker on the line. We'll talk to him in just a second. Just want to highlight some other things uh, from the final table. Um, I think my two highlights of the Sochi main event, I thought the final table, by the way, was really good fun. And yeah. fortunately, not as long as maybe we were predicting at the start of the day, because they were super deep. There was the hand where the eventual champion, Pavel Shershikov, bluffed Sayed Garvam. Um, with the 8-9, which I just thought was a phenomenal play and was really pure poker. Yeah, although I must just say, I really enjoyed having government at the table. I always think having one player like that in the dynamics, it really it really causes problems for the pros because they're all expecting to play... The, non, get... the non-GTO player, yeah. Exactly, because I like it because when we have the cards down, we kind of don't really know where we are. Then we get the cards up and go, wow. And it just always seems to mess things up on the table, and I kind of like that dynamic. And I think the other highlight for me, although I'm sure it's a low light for Vladimir Tronovsky, was that hand where he got rivered. It was the ace four against oh, yeah. Jack 10 when they were heads up. And it was just Vlad's reaction, throwing chips everywhere. And he just gave a look that we managed to catch on camera in extreme close up that just said, I want to kill you. <laughs> I think that saying throwing chips everywhere is a little unfair. I think that it was more like uh, he sort of just reacted, his, his no, arm reacted, sure. and chips did fall onto the floor. It was it's frustration. Just, just if people didn't see it, I don't want them to think no. that he picked up chips and threw them. No. He had them in his hand and sort of flinched. Uh, it was yeah. a moment of frustration, but I think it was all, almost the moment where it was over, in the sense that that was the hand where Shershikov did the damage, not just to Vlad's chip stack, but also to him mentally. He wasn't coming back from it after no. that. I totally agree. You know, we, we talked about him having... 33 big blinds, and even though Shershikov had 100, you know, 33 is enough to work with, and Vlad's, Vlad's a good player, but, like, after that hand is when, you know, yeah. he was down to, like, 20 or, or lower than that, so I agree. Now, Matt, all the years we've been doing these live streams, I don't think I have seen Joe Stapleton any happier, any more sprightly than when they announced that they were going to run an extra 5K free roll, <laughs> and Joe figured out what they were doing with the name and the password for this free roll. Yeah, so all I'm going to say is, Kafifi. <laughs> I had said the word a few times on the broadcast. It pissed a couple people off. I was a little worried about it. And all of a sudden, this dude, what's his name? David Lyons. David Lyons. And I apologize for not recognizing the name right away. He tweets and he says, how about a special... This is Dave from PokerStars Towers, which that part should tip me off. How about a special 5K free roll just for the stream viewers? And I was like... Who's this guy asking for a free roll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just being like, no, we can't do a 5K free roll. What do you think we're going to get this from? No, it turns out he's the guy that can do it. He's the guy with the 5K. Yeah. And so he names this poker tournament despite 
the negative press we've been receiving. And I'm like, what's this all about? <laughs> and I remember that this is the tweet we're referencing starts off this way. And then Confive, <laughs> Confefe, Conf- I can't even remember right now. It doesn't matter. Confefe. And he makes Confefe the password. And I was like, this is incredible. Like, this is... Look, sometimes it's hard to, you know, I talk about the Poker Stars fat cat, right? And and the Poker Stars Tower doesn't always seem to have like the best sense of humor. And I'm not talking about individual people, but it's just in general, like it's a big corporation. And for this guy to put this tournament for it over this internet meme that was so funny and it just brought me so much joy. Yeah. And the audience got a 5K free roll, which is bigger than our normal 2K free roll anyway. So I was just so happy. So bra, I couldn't say it on the air yesterday. Bra fucking vo. <laughs> bra fucking vo, PokerStars Tower. Thank you. Okay, let's not keep this week's guest waiting any longer. We are thrilled to be joined for the third time on this podcast by the man, the myth, the legend, the 2003 World Series of Poker main event champion. Welcome back to Poker in the Ears, Chris Moneymaker. What's up, guys? Missed you on the booth this time. I did not miss you for multiple reasons. One, (laughs) I find you highly annoying. Two, I genuinely was super happy for you, man. Congratulations. Uh, I guess my first question for you is what mix of emotions do you have uh, going this deep? Like how much of it is happiness and how much of it is fuck? I was so close. Uh, Both. Um, Honestly, you know, I think it's been quite a while since I made a run in a main event, so uh, it was definitely exciting. Uh, I've been working a lot on my game, so I'm glad that, you know, it, hopefully it's paying off. I just didn't run like ass, which I normally do late, so uh, I felt pretty good about that. I was short for most of the time, uh, just survived, and so, I mean, I was actually really happy with where I ended up, because I was on, you know, nine big blinds on the money bubble, and uh, just basically try to stay alive as long as I could and built up a stack actually and had a good shot to make a run. And uh, unfortunately, a uh, few hands didn't go my way and I was left short again and couldn't make it happen. But, you know, I'm actually, you know, I, I didn't actually be, I wasn't upset because I literally, I felt like I played the best I could. So it, that's all I could really do. Yeah, I thought you took busting so well because shortly after you went out, we lost Elkie, your fellow team pro. And Elkie always looks like his entire world has collapsed when he busts a poker tournament. And this is the second event in a row where he's come so near yet so far from the final table. But you were in remarkable high spirits. And I love the fact that you were even quite proud of the fact that you managed to survive the money jump and cashed in 15th rather than 16th. Well, you know, I busted a lot of tournaments, so I'm used to it. Yeah. <laughs> after, after a while, you just, uh, you know, you just realize that's poker. I mean, you know, I got I got my money in how I wanted to. I played how, you know, I had planned to play. I came into the day with 10 bigs. I said I was going to be patient, wait for a good spot. I found the best spot that I was going to find probably, and I got really fortunate. The big blindfolded 10s. Um, you know, I got everything that I could possibly want out of the situation. I just couldn't hold and you know, when you get when you do that and you've done everything that you can feel like you could do, I mean, I didn't make any, you know, supremely bad mistakes. I mean, I wish I would have followed through with a bluff the day before um, when the guy had queens. That's really my my biggest mistake, that and, not, and folding my ace, which, I mean, I, everybody that's seen me play, I'm, I'm not known for my fold. So, <laughs> um, Chris, uh, I, I'm, 
A moment ago, you mentioned uh, that you've been working on your game. What specifically does that mean? Uh, that just means, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of different things. I mean, one is I'm trying to get back in shape, which uh, physically, you know, just being at the poker table in better physical shapes definitely helping. I've been doing a lot of mental stuff, uh, meditating, and I uh, just actually started the prime thing that uh, Fedora's going on. But I've been wa watching a lot of Twitch. I've been doing a PL PIO solver, uh, watching uh, different videos, and just basically trying to work on, you know, what's uh, the optimal play in different situations and then how to deviate it based on my opponent. Just basically trying to keep up with all these young kids. So, uh, so it's, a, it's a full-on regimen, it sounds like, of mental preparation, not just poker-wise and also physical. I noticed that you've been doing the insanity workout. Um, congrats on that, too, man. It's hard. You know, you, you, you've been tweeting that you've been getting up every every morning and doing that. What exactly does that entail? Because it, it is a brutal workout, right? It is a brutal workout. It's it, honestly like I, I downloaded this uh, thing on the internet, and I they had all these different programs, and I really wanted to do the P90X, but unfortunately, you have to have weights and chin-up bars and all this other stuff for that. And basically, the only exercise that you could do that involved zero equipment was insanity. Um, it literally looked, I mean, it was like the hardest one they had, but at the same time, it, I mean, I have to choose something that I can do on the road and also at the house and, you know, keep a current, you know, consistent basis thing. And insanity was it. The first day I started out, it was a 45 minute video. And I think I made it through the first 15 minutes and I, you know, I couldn't even make it through the warm up, and I was <laughs> dripping with sweat and about ready to think I had a heart attack. Um, it's 12 down 12 one on my 13th day now and i finished my first full video yesterday so i'm pretty proud about that and, congrats yeah uh, yeah it, it is tough man and you know it's, it's the hard one of the harder things i've done um is you know there's been two days that i've gotten up and definitely not wanted to do it but you know i've got a few uh friends slash fans on uh social media that are sort of doing it with me now and it, it gets good motivation i mean you know when someone Post that they just did it. Now it's my turn. You know, it holds accountability to you. And uh, so, as much as I don't want to do it a day, I know I have to, and that's going to help push me through. What is it that inspired you to do it? Um, just it's it's time. I mean, I've been wanting to get in shape. I've tried different diets. I've tried a few things, um, but I know my my game suffers because I get tired. I mean, I'm just not. I don't have a lot of energy. I'm 41 years old, and I you know I feel like I'm 50. I mean, I should be in a lot, you know, more better shape than I am. I mean, I go to bed. I'm always tired. Um, I don't sleep well at night. So it's just time. I mean, if I'm going to try and work on my poker game, which I've been really trying to do, I mean, one of the biggest things that I know is going to help me is being alert at the table and being fresh. And this whole tournament, I mean, from the beginning here in Sochi, you know, I felt different than I felt when I was just in Amsterdam and I was playing scoop. I mean, I had energy. I was listening to music, dancing at the table, just having a good time. I just felt in a much better spirits, and I'm looking forward to that continuing uh, into the future. While we're talking about physical activity and challenging yourself, let's talk about <laughs> the bungee jump, Chris. Obviously, we had the video of that jump on the stream. I salute you because, like you, I have a horrible problem with heights. Never used to as a kid, but as I've got older, I just can't deal with it. And the way I saw you, like, crawling on all fours across that platform, that's what I would be doing because I would be petrified. And yet, you did it, which I think is amazing. Well, 
first of all, the video that they they showed was the the heavily edited version. They told me I haven't seen the other <laughs> one. They said the other one they couldn't share because there are so many cuss words on it. Me going over, um, I'm gonna probably put that one out if I can. I got it with me. I just gotta look at it and see if it's you know appropriate. But I'm sure it'll be all right. Yeah, when I got there and I saw that, I, mean, I couldn't even make it out to the platform hardly. I mean, the bridge going out there alone was terrifying. And I, uh, yeah, like you said, I had to basically crawl on all fours to get out there. And to be honest, if I didn't have everybody else there, sort of like the peanut or the uh, insanity thing, if I didn't have other people there with me to sort of push me through it, I don't, I don't think. I mean, there were two points where I told them, "I'm sorry, I, you know, I said I was going to do this, but I just, I don't think I can. I mean, I, I really don't." It didn't help right when I got there. There was a girl standing on the edge, and she backed off crying in tears. Oh, my God. I said, that's going to be me. (laughs) And I just knew it was going to be, you know. But once I actually saw that and saw, I mean, I don't want to say it was pathetic because I feel her pain. Um, But, you know, if if I would have been, if I would have done that, I would have been really embarrassed. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to get up there. I'm not going to look down and. You know, I just hope the rope holds this much weight. I've actually had similar experiences with uh, much wimpier things, like a roller coaster where you're in line for a roller coaster, and then you see someone leave the line, and like everyone just kind of like judging them, and you're like, all right, that's not going to be me. And then you're like terrified, and I look like two people in front of me, and there's like an eight-year-old kid in front of me, and he's like really happy. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I guess my question for you is, what possess you to put out the video like it's embarrassing like you you know you're very scared and you're you know obviously in a heightened state of emotion and your your voice is cracking and like why why put it out it. there but he did it even though he's standing there huffing and puffing and trust me i was like white as a sheet watching it i know the fact <laughs> is you actually did it and that's why i think it's worth putting it out there well first of all it wasn't really my choice to put it out there <laughs> my sister recorded it from the beginning and i could have said you know please don't put that out there i think they still would have put it out there of course we have to remember that in 2003 you kind of sold your soul and now pokestars owns everything you do in life <laughs> you guys can relate huh <laughs> yeah absolutely they've got cameras on me sleeping i just don't do anything interesting so they won't show it yeah it's like the truman show no i mean honestly you know I thought, you know, when they showed me the video, I was like, you know what, it, it's kind of embarrassing, but at the same time, it's real. I mean, you know, I had genuine fear and the fact that I went over and did it. I mean, you know, it, it can be inspiring when you're that afraid to do something and you actually do it. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm not embarrassed by it by any stretch. I mean, it is a Good. genuine fear. I mean, as much as, you know, when you look at it, you're, you know, think what a wimp but at the same time it's like you know I, I know what i was going through when i was up there and i'm proud that i actually did it and uh i actually liked the video because i did jump now chris we were following your progress in the main event pretty much from the start of day two and in one of the early interviews that we conducted or maybe it was something you said at the feature table you mentioned that you haven't been to russia in like 20 or 25 years we were surprised to learn you've been to russia before yeah, I was on a cruise ship back when I was a teenager. My my parents used to take cruises all over the world, so I've basically cruised basically everywhere you could go. And I came to St. Petersburg back when I was like 16 years old. Um, much different time back then. Uh, you know, communism had just fallen, and the the country was in in ruins essentially. Um, but it was definitely an eye opening experience. And uh, the the country today obviously looks a lot different. Obviously, the area that we're in is a lot different than what, where I was, but um yeah it's pretty pretty surreal what did you what did your folks do that they got to go on cruises all the time 
my dad was a part owner of a travel agency, so uh, ah. he just um, used the perks of being a travel agent to get deals on cruises. And they literally, I think they went on like six cruises a year and they took us whenever we were out of school. We went to, you know, we went to, up, cruise through Alaska, cruise through the Mediterranean, cruise through um, obviously the whatever Northern Europe, uh, all through the Caribbean, uh, and then on the, the Western side in the Pacific. So, so what, a lot of traveling growing up. What was 16-year-old Chris Moneymaker like on said cruise? Were you uh, getting into trouble? Were you just cool hanging with your parents? Were you chasing girls? Dude, I was chasing girls like a fiend. That's all I did. <laughs> that was, that's what cruises were for, was trying to score. Were you successful ever? Yeah, I had my uh, one of my first um, experiences on a cruise ship. Like in, like, like in the... Um, like an old timey car after uh, you you drew a naked girl wearing the heart of the ocean. No, like when I had a girl in my room and I was going to town and. That's fantastic. Uh, At least you didn't get caught. No, I didn't get caught. That that was the positive thing. But the <laughs> ne- the negative thing is I jumped the gun um, back, back in the day. You know, when, I, think, I think I was fifteen or sixteen years old and. Uh, yeah, it, um, I got a little too excited. <laughs> and this was like, was this a girl from another country or another American girl on the cruise or what? And she was another American girl on a cruise. This was a Caribbean cruise. I think she was from Oregon or something. Chris, I have a newfound respect for you. <laughs> Why is that? I think we suddenly realized that Joe Stapleton and Chris Moneymaker have a lot more in common than we originally realized. Yeah, we're both terrible in bed. <laughs> L- at least I've improved over the years, maybe. I hope. <laughs> Um, Chris, what were your thoughts on Sochi as a destination? Well, I mean, honestly, I didn't get to go out to see Sochi very much because I was actually, for the first time in one of these trips in a long time, I was playing poker. Um, So I didn't get to see other than the bungee area, which was not that exciting to me. Um, I didn't get to see a whole (laughs) lot. I haven't left the casino. Today is my first day in Sochi where I haven't done anything. After I get done here, I was talking with uh, the manager of Team Pro Work talking about going up the mountain and seeing um you know what the resort looks like on top of the mountain it's supposed to be really nice so i may end up doing that this afternoon but i fly out at three o'clock in the morning so i have one day to sort of see what sochi has to offer but honestly like right now it's pretty dead here uh this is obviously a winter destination yeah so um you know there's not that many people you know you just got locals here but everything else is pretty much shut down and, and locked up till the winter time and that was reflected if we look at the field in the main event, mainly Russian players. And I want to ask you about one of those players, Chris, because you spent a lot of time at the feature table with Nadar Kakmazov, and you even mentioned the fact that you guys had a certain relationship, a certain history, shall we say. Now, we know that we always have banter with you, and we know that there's this running rivalry between you and Stapes, but it's all good-hearted. From your point of view, did you think the relationship with Nadar was good-hearted? Because some of his comments seemed a little bit barbed. Um, I don't think it was in the beginning. I mean, he was obviously perturbed. He didn't like how I was playing. He didn't like um, that he was losing chips to me. He didn't like just how everything was going. And he was really upset. And he was he was tilted. I mean, it was obvious that he was tilted. He was just lashing out, saying everything that he was trying to get under my skin and make me make mistakes and and uh, you know play a game, play his game. I guess. I mean, using a, a speech play or something. I don't know. Trying to um get under my skin and unfortunately for him i've been around long enough that that just can't happen so i mean i didn't really care you know he was saying about everything he could i mean 
He said, I sucked at PLO. I'm a game fish because I, I rebought four times in a scoop. Um, he was <laughs> saying how everybody thinks I suck. And, you know, he's just making random stuff up, trying to get under my skin. And uh, unfortunately for him, you know, I've heard it all. I've, I've been in this game for 15 years and that just rolls right off my back. And I just laughed at him because, you know, I, I was watching him play. And um, even though he ended up getting the better of me at the end, um, he had such a high variance game. I was uh i thought he would be busted out long before uh but it wasn't to be so uh but you know yeah it didn't bother me at all chris is well, like i can handle this shit i have a wife <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm the one person in the field that has a wife but also you mentioned that he got the better of you it was a cooler kings against ace king there was no escaping that um well the only reason i, I should have escaped it is he was so talkative throughout the entire day and i actually picked up on it that he went, he went completely silent when he had the Kings. Um, it's really the first time all day that he shut up. And, I, you know, I said something, the fact of what, now you're not going to talk. And, uh, you know, but the, the only bad thing is, is he had re-raised me four or five times earlier in the day. I just didn't, you know, I should have, if I would have sat back and thought about it, he hadn't done it in a long time and then he didn't talk. I mean, I could have gotten away from it and still had 600,000. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I just doubled up with Ace King, which prop, which played back in the back of my mind. Um, they were suited, you know, I, I, once I made it 260, I was pretty much committed to go in. Um, the real, the, the real problem was when I folded Ace, you know, that pair of Aces to him earlier on in the day, for whatever reason, I just felt like he, he had a flush or he had two pair. And, uh, so I, I folded. If I if I call there, you know, the whole day turns out a little bit different, possibly. But you know, you can't second guess yourself. Once it's done, it's done. It's done. Yeah, I think even what you just mentioned, saying that he got quiet, maybe you should have known he had a big hand. I think even if you thought about it longer, you still look at that situation and have to play it the exact same way. I don't. I think that you know, obviously, it's just because of the bust out that you're even thinking about it. For sure. Now, obviously, Chris, we were delighted to see you make a deep run in a PokerStars Championship main event. Great to see you make the final two tables. Your reward is to play one of Joe Stapleton's dumb games here on Poker in the Ears. That's so great. Chris, you know that uh, it wouldn't be an appearance on one of my projects if I didn't torture you about your last name. Now, I was really hoping that we would have a second poker boom after you won this event. Chris Rubelmaker... We were trying I, to call you. I, I saw the tweet. We tried to make it run. We did, and unfortunately, you didn't hold up your end of the bargain. But uh, what we're going to do here <laughs> is we're going to play our classic game. Is that your real name? Are you ready, Chris? I can't wait. I've been, you know, I've been actually preparing for this all day. I've been studying different names. At the <laughs> so I think I'm ready this time. So, as per usual, I'm going to read you a profession. And then three names, and one of them is going to be the person's real name. And as your penalty for getting it wrong, you must say, yes, that's my real name. Do you understand? I believe I do. Okay. This person is a friend of Matt Broughton's wife. He is a gardener. Is the real name Robert Gardner, Anthony Soil, Tim Weed, or Angela Pesticide? Really? You're going with, I get four? It used to be three. There's going to be four, but one of them generally is going to be pretty fucking stupid. With the, the pesticide one's obviously the stupid one. <laughs> Correct. So you got three real choices. Robert yeah. Gardner, Anthony Soil, or Tim Weed? 
Tim Weed. Tim Weed is incorrect. Chris, say the line. <laughs> it was Gardner, wasn't it? Damn it, I was going to go with Gardner. It All was right. Gardner. Hey, is Moneymaker, is that your real name? It is my real name. <laughs> it never gets old. Question number two. This is another friend of uh, the Broughton family. These are, are uh, This is a company of window installers, okay? Window installers. Are they Payne and Sons, Glass and Glass, Sill and Curtain, or Bill and Melinda Gates, Windows installers? Well, it's not the Gates because we know who they are. So I'm going to go with Glass and Glass. Glass and Glass is incorrect. We were looking for Payne and Sons. Chris Moneymaker, is that your real name? Yes, it is. Question number three. This is an Arlington, Texas married... I researched this one. You did. You know this one already. Married law partners. Are they Bickers and Bickers, Richard and Susan Divorce, Divide and Conquer, or Smith and the Noise from Law and Order? I really wish it was the third one, but I think it's going to be Bickers and Bickers. Bickers and Bickers is correct. Chris yeah, Moneymaker on the board. All right, do we have a, do we have one more? Well, we got a, we got a bunch more, buddy. Oh wow, look at you! All right, uh, we you know what? I might have done this one before, so I'll skip that one. Did we do a medical doctor from uh, Waterford, Michigan? Doctor Ferris Piachu, Doctor Indira Gazuntite, Doctor Bless You, or Doctor Sanjay Knees, otherwise known as Doctor S Knees? <laughs> No, we haven't done that one before. Okay, well, there you go. What were the options again? There we go. Medical doctor from Waterford, Michigan. Dr. Ferris P. Achu. Dr. Indira Gesundheit. Dr. Bless You. Or Dr. Sanjay Knees, uh, otherwise known as S. Knees. I'm going to go with... See, this one sucks because all four options sound pretty ridiculous. Um, bless you. Bless you is incorrect. We were looking for Dr. Ferris P. at Chu. Chris Moneymaker? Is that your real name? Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, we'll go two more here. Uh, this would be a weatherman from WCNC, North Carolina. Is his real name Larry Sprinkle, Tom Thunder, Bob Blizzard, or John Jetstream. Larry Sprinkle. Larry Sprinkle is correct. Okay. Final question, Chris Moneymaker. This would be a high school basketball player out of the state of Utah. Your choices are Jonathan Dribble. Jonathan Dribble. <laughs> Why are you not even going to hear the other choices? Because it's always been the first choice on all the other questions. Well, guess what? I switched this one around. Chris Moneymaker, is that your real name? Yes, it is. <laughs> now you got to hear the other choices because you got to hear this one. All right. Jonathan Dribble, Brian Fowlline, Jeremy Jazz, or Stockton Malone Shorts. The n- number two. Also incorrect. <laughs> that means you have to answer the question again. Chris Moneymaker, Chris. is that your real name? I can't answer that now. I've already <laughs> done it once for this question. We were looking for this is unbelievable. The guy the kid's name is Stockton Malone Shorts. <laughs> which are what? two 
John Stockton and Carmelo were two famous basketball players from the Utah Jazz. It's unbelievable. This is a kid's real name. Yeah, thanks. I'm old, I'm old enough to remember both of them played. Well, Chris, you have proved this week that you're better at the pokers than you are at playing this game. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and congratulations once again on your result in Sochi. Thank you. Well, it's not really fair that there are four choices, and so oh I mean, God, like, stop your whining, Chris. I'm just trying to be like Elky. <laughs> oh wow, there we go. Shots fired at Elky. We'll have him on to answer next time. Chris, one last thing before we cut you loose. Uh, I gave you a hard time on Twitter. You fired it back to me. I just want to let you know you're the only poker player in the world that I feel comfortable enough to like have fun with and joke about. You busting out and stuff. Anyone else? I wouldn't want to hurt their feelings, and I know you can dish it out as well as you can take it. So I just want to say I appreciate you, and I was thrilled to see you go so far. Thanks, man. You know, I curled up in a ball after I saw the tweet, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you got some money to spend. Go have a good time. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Poker in the ears. Do you really think that's his real name? I, I'm I'm starting to doubt it. To I, you be know, honest, I, I should have made him say yes. That's my real name. I let him get away with like a yes. It is a couple times. Not next time, Ruble Maker. Just a quick lobby update here on Poker in the Ears as we highlight June being the road to Barcelona. Now, this promotion is kicking off properly in the next few days, but you know from watching the live stream from Sochi that there will be 10 euro spin and goes offering Barcelona packages. They're going to be running in the climb, as well as these ultra satellites. And I know we've been banging on about this for the last five days, but I really think these are worth highlighting, mainly because there's added value. I genuinely believe that there will be overlay. Because think about it, 215 euro buy-in, 50 packages What guaranteed. are the packages worth? The packages got to be worth, Close what, 7, 8k? Yeah. So make sure you check those out. Sunday the 18th of June, Sunday the 2nd of July, 2.30 Eastern time they're running. 215 euro ultra satellites, 50 packages guaranteed in each. That's 100 packages across those two tournaments. Do you know what this road to Barcelona reminds me of? Do you remember that commercial from like five years ago that the company did about the guy who like satellites in? It's, there's no dialogue. Oh, yeah, yes. it's like, it's like a, a POV thing and yeah. here comes Liv and hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that commercial. And that's that like reminds me of this. Like that's the experience you guys can have from satelliting in. Absolutely. And of course, we're going to be there for five days of live streaming. So we'd love to see you. We'd love you to be our qualifier. <laughs> Uh, and if it doesn't work out, we'd love to have you in the booth as a guest, just like uh, Robert Pankowski was in Monte Carlo. Um, so many opportunities to qualify for Barcelona. All the details will be on the special offers page at pokestars.com in the coming days. But talking of sending fans, listeners, viewers to a Pokestars championship, it's time for our favourite competition. Superfan versus Stakes. So let's say hello to this week's superfan and welcome to Poker in the Ears, João Mateus. Hello, João. Hello, my daddies. Oh, hey, <laughs> yes, my baby, my son. How are you today? I'm fine. Kind of nervous, but fine. Do not be nervous. We will only make fun of you a lot. <laughs> uh, Try to use that, but okay. First of all, say your first name, because I don't think anyone who's not Portuguese can say the word João properly. So can you tell us how to say that? João. 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 It sounds like you've got a bit of tape there, and you're kind of going backwards and forwards. on João. So we heard that uh, you may have uh, screwed up your time zones. Not going to lie, I've done it. Did it get you into trouble with work or, or family or what? 
Yeah, actually, I got a, I got to leave one hour earlier from my job. Nice. I had told my boss that I, I was going to be on that, so I'm fine, actually. This is a great advert for coming on Superfan vs. Stapes. Your boss might let you leave work early to be on the podcast. I don't know. I want to hear the end of the story because my boss one time was like, sure, you can leave early. You can also have tomorrow off and the rest of your fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> what do you oh, do? Actually, I'm coming back there. Like, as okay. soon as we finish here, here. Okay, good. And what, what job are you going back to? I'm selling, like, cell phone miscellaneous, like, cape, uh, protective capes and glass. And are you in a place where you have to be like, cell phone case is here, get a cell phone case, chargers, adapters, get a case? Sadly, yes. So, Joao, you have chosen as your specialist subject a podcast from the archives. Going back to the early days of Poker in the Ears, back when it was EPT Not Live, you want to answer questions about Episode 7. Yes, it's always coming 7. Oh! Is that, is that the real reason? Is that the only reason you picked specifically Episode 7? No, it's, that's because General Auden is my favorite poker player. Fair oh. enough. And, nope. is, and is it an episode you've listened to time and time again? I guess every episode, because I download them like Three or four times. Do you remember Jean was the guy who had the issue with the downloads and then his phone got oh, nicked? Yeah. And so, multiple downloads. So, we thank you for that because they all count. Yeah. Um, but crucially, how many times have you listened to this particular episode? Because I know that Joe knows it back to front. Fuck. Like, <laughs> uh, 10 times. Okay. Oh. When I said that Joe knows it back to front, what I meant was Joe recorded it, but I don't think he remembers a single thing about it. I, no, I almost am positive I was on that show. Right. And I mean, this would be a really easy one for you to research in preparation. Just all you'd have to do is listen to the show. And, and you did that, I assume? I, I, mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Well, let's get this uh, show on the road and let's get the competition I'm not, going. I, I've listened to the Jason Mercier episode. Oh, dear. Okay, okay, let's start things off. Was Jason on the show before? Oh, dear. That was a couple of weeks ago. Okay. I have a good feeling for you, Jao. So, your first question, then. Which now well-established sound effect was debuted in Episode 7 of the podcast as a TV show clip from Joe? Uh, Multiple choices available, but that will only be for one point. If you can just go for it, it's two points. Which sound effect debuted in Episode 7? I'm going for the multiple choice, please. Okay, your multiple choices are, was it a ka-ching, Christian Bale shouting good for you, Kanye West saying I'm going to let you finish, or Surprise Panda? Surprise Panda. What? You're absolutely correct. <laughs> it was for one point. And funny enough, Joe actually on that show said, I don't know if that sound effect will go the distance. And here it is still, keeping it real. <laughs> Thanks to you, Joao. <laughs> More what? than two years later. Exactly. Okay, Joseph, on to you. Which piece of clothing was the big talking point on social media as covered by James during episode 7? Multiple choice, by the way. Which piece of clothing was a big talking point on social media? Do you know what, dude? I'd be just as bad off as you. I don't remember this episode either. Um, I think I know it without the multiple choice. Okay, would you go for it. My hoodie from Download? No, I can. T- oh, actually, I guess this could be stolen. So over to you, Joao. Do you wanna? Do you wanna take this one? Do you know what piece of clothing was the big talking point on social media? Was it a chop pot hoodie because James saw a guy wearing it? No, that was more recently. I can tell you the correct answer was that it was Jake Cody's jumper. 
Now, Joe, back to you as it was your original. There's a bonus here. Okay. Now that you know it was about Jake Cody's jumper, do you yeah. want to tell me what was it about the jumper? Does that ring any bells? Uh, it was... It was really ugly. No, Joel, do you want to try and steal this? Can you remember what it was about Jake Cody's jumper? Actually not. Right. I can't. Okay. This is going really well, man. This is going really well. I can tell you. I that should have taken the multiple choice. That was my the fault. The big, the big talking point was the fact that it was cream and tight, and that's what social media was uh, all about. Ah, the tight cream jumper. Okay, uh, back to you, Joe. For yours, at the end of episode seven, Joe tasked the audience to make a mock advert for a previous EPT live sponsor. Who was that sponsor? Multiple choice available. Bananas, yum. It was bananas, <laughs> yum. And, and all of the entries were terrible. Yeah, and can you also, for a bonus point, can you tell me what was the tagline for bananas? No, I cannot. Sorry. Joe? It wasn't yum? No, I know it. Hold on. I don't know. Riffing on base you can feel, it was taste you taste can peel. Taste you can peel. It, it, taste you can peel. <laughs> Okay, yeah. uh, I've lost track of where we are. This must be back to Joseph. Yes. And I'm down 3-0. Yeah. All a, right. a real simple one. And you don't even get multiple choice because I'm assuming you wrote all of these. Oh, boy. <laughs> the opening gag for episode seven was on TV, online, and... I have to have... On top of Old Smokey. No. That's, uh, that that's a specifically needs a multiple choice, well, that one. Well, well, the thing, why? But all I'd be doing is reading you all the things that you know you wrote. You see, right. But uh, which one was used fair, in that episode would be, be hard to, to Matt, tell. He is assuming that knowing that this was a specialist subject, that you went back and listened to it. Yeah. That was my mistake. Although I can pass this over to Zhao. You can steal this one. Do you, do you happen to know what was the opening gag? Yes, I know. Okay, I'll key you up. Ready? On TV, online, and... On your face. In your face. That's absolutely correct. Well done, sir. Uh, the superfan is leading by four points to nothing. Look, if I could be totally fair, I probably would have still got that wrong. Right. With the multiple choice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right, Zhao, back to you legitimately. In a fantastic example of Joe never learning, he talks about playing in a scoop event. But what basic mistake does he make again? No. Mul multiple choices available if needed. He was playing on scoop number two and he didn't look at the lobby, so he didn't knew it, so it was a two-day event. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely no correct. Way. Absolutely correct for two points. And also... There's no fucking way uh, that happened. There's, there's a bonus question attached here. Can you tell me, who was Joe embarrassingly sat next to during the scoop event? Stapes. Stapleton. Yes, Stapes and Stapleton. The brilliant thing is, I have to play this out, is considering we had almost exactly this conversation on the last podcast re regarding uh, Joe getting signed up for a scoop event where he didn't bother to check how many That's days amazing. it was. And just to be clear, this is from two years ago. Okay, check this out. So I was, yeah, so I played scoop number two and then like when I'm probably, I'm like 500 something in chips out of 9,000 remaining players. Blum an egg. And then... Um, I'm in his Twitch chat, and someone's like, Stapes, what are you going to do if you make day two? And I'm like, wait, what? There's a day two? I don't want to play two days. But like, I was like, oh, man, I wanted to go. I didn't sign on for this. But turns out, no, it is exactly what I did sign on for. It was to play a two-day event. You see in the lobby, right, where it gives you, where it says tournament details? Should we do the lobby music again? <laughs> Just to clarify here, if you're going to... <laughs> 
If you go to the Pokestars client and you see a particular event that you want to play, uh, if you click on uh, Tournament Lobby, it will bring up the list of people who are playing in that <laughs> event, but it will also give you all the details, such as whether this is a two-day Jeez, event. There's so many words there. <laughs> there's like just numbers and words and stuff and abbreviations, and there's a red spade. Who knows what that fucking means? <laughs> <laughs> so it really was a sense of deja vu. But congratulations, yes, you got absolutely nailed it there, Joel. So that's I'd no idea what the scores are, but they're probably quite embarrassing. Uh, six nil. Right. Okay. Uh, Joe, back to you again. Completely having expected you to bother to do some research. There's two points for a full answer. Can you give me the name of the super fan from that episode? I can give you his first name, and then you can complete it for one point, or you can just go for it for two. I need a, a first name. Right. His first name was, that- was Nick. I'm thinking Nick Jonas. No, Zhao, do you want to pick up an extra point here? Can you tell me the surname of the uh, the super fan that week? It was Nick Vasquez. It was Nick Vasquez. Wow, yeah, Nick Vasquez. Right. Sorry, I forgot you, Nick. You're, cl- you're a good kid. Man, this is going so well. Okay, Zhao, <laughs> back to you, my friend. Um, Joe spoke about trying out his new version of Shuffle Up and Deal for the final table. What was his new intro, only half of which survives to this day? Um, dealer Sasha, you know what to do. Let's light, let's light the, let's light up this candle. Absolutely correct. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Is wow. That, is that two points? That's two points out of the gate. Oh, also, this is a shellac. And there's a bonus point. Holy moly! Okay, Joe. So Joe bet Kate the dealer, now better known as Kate the tournament director. What amount that he wouldn't just chicken out and say shut up, Apple and deal? Do you remember what the bet was worth? 20 euros. Absolutely spot on. Correct, sir. I don't think I ever paid her for that because I definitely did chicken out. Oh, man. <clears throat> Joe, no, right, here we go. She paid you. Oh, she paid me. See, I don't even remember who won the bet. <laughs> God. This is a disaster. <laughs> Two years ago, what do you want from me? That's a it's lifetime. It's available to download. That's 14 years in dog years. If I had to listen to it to come up with a question, you can listen to it to participate, Joe Stapleton. <laughs> anyway, Joe, is your question. Regarding the song, We Are Forever Young, James was totally into it because of hearing it every day of the Monaco, not Monte Carlo, webcast. (laughs) How many consecutive days had we just streamed from Monte Carlo? Ten days. Uh, You can pick this up, I guess, really, Zhao, just to make the score really embarrassing. Any idea how many days we've just done? Fuck, I was going to say ten days, but I guess seven days. I'm afraid not. James no doubt knows. Nine. It was nine. It's always coming nine. Okay, back to you, Joe. By the way, the song is called You Only Live Once. Oh, really? We are forever young, but it's called You Only oh, Live Once. Oh, I see. My apologies. I hope that didn't uh, make any difference. Uh, oh, you should have listened to the show for some research, Matt. I think I'm going to go back and get the clip where one of you <laughs> describes it as being called We Are Forever Young. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, this is back to you, Joe, I believe. I feel like all questions are coming to you anyway. Why did James think it was working out better for him when the final tables went until 6 a.m.? Multiple choice available, as you know. Because he wasn't going to get drunk and he was still going to sleep late. That's absolutely right. It was because he went straight to bed without drinking, so didn't have to travel with a hangover. And thankfully, the last question coming up, um, I've got a feeling I won't need the tiebreaker. What's the uh, scores right now, uh, James? 13 to superfan Joao, zero to Joe Stapleton. Okay. I got to get on the board. Here we go. Okay, last chance to score. 
James and yourself, Joe, you talk about someone called 80s Dealer. And according to episode seven, what three specific things define 80s Dealer? All three for two points or one for one? Short hair. Can I get the, can I get one wrong and still have a third guess? Yes, you get three guesses, but you you only get two points if you get all three straight off. Okay, I want to say uh, big earrings, <coughs> shit, and uh, fingernails. No, it was that she had a very specific haircut, a very specific build, and was German. <laughs> uh, there is, however, a bonus point here. That is, who does James compare eighties dealer to very specifically? Cindy Lauper. Zhao, do you know this one? The German on Rocky Four. And can you tell me that actress's name? No. Brigitte Nielsen. <laughs> uh, yes, and no, I don't know how you want to put the scores. It really doesn't matter. I quite prefer it as a complete whitewash, to be honest. I got a shot <laughs> No, I got one for one. I was on the board. Oh, that's true, uh, That actually. is true. He that did get true. one for one. Okay, yeah. so not quite a shutout, but near enough. 13 points to Joao, one point to Woo, Joe. Woo, that's a win in my book. So wow. congratulations to our superfan who receives a $27 satellite ticket and an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot hoodie. Good job. Yay. I've made an entire career out of doing the bare minimum, so <laughs> par for the course. <laughs> all right, kids, that is about all the time we've got for this week's show. Next week, it's going to be all about the sting. We're going to take a week off from the hardcore poker talk. Not that we ever do that to begin with, but... Uh, we're just going to unwind a little bit, decompress from Saatchi. I got my wedding. I got some comedy. Maybe I can share some story with you, stories with you guys. Me and James will be talking about why it's one of our favorite movies of all time. Matt gets to see it for the first time, and I'm so freaking excited for him to see that. I know, and I'm so pleased I've got my new bionic eyes, so I can actually really properly take it all in. And maybe you can uh, watch the black and white version of Logan, because you didn't honestly you didn't like it enough. For my liking, I, I'm I'm aware I didn't like it enough, and I'm I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to really try and come back and say, Do you know what, guys? It was much better than I remember. Great, wonderful, and don't forget, we're going to have that Sting super fan. We still need that person. I mean, my view would be a hundred and nine euro Barcelona satellite ticket. Even if I haven't seen the movie, I'll just rent it from iTunes, watch it, and come on the show because True. I've only got to beat you, who's got a mind like a sieve. So. What's there to lose? I kind of forgot even what he was talking about <laughs> at the beginning of that sentence. Hashtag no. poker in the ears. If you would like to apply to be the super fan on next week's podcast, we will be recording on Wednesday, the 7th of June. And I guess also we can take recommendations or suggestions. If we're going to go back and look at other films that might be the basis of quiz, we can let the guys out there also come up with suggestions for that. Yeah, yeah. I've got two on the table at the moment. I'd love to do Casino Royale retrospective and also the Cincinnati Kid, which I assume you've both seen. I have, Yes. I don't know. He means the mo the movie or the kid. I'm talking about the movie with Steve <laughs> McQueen. I just feel if we're doing if we're doing a Paul Newman movie this week, we've got it in the interest of balance to a McQueen movie. Do you know what I I would say from my memory's point of view? I think I have seen it, but I may as well have not seen I, it. I so remember, I would, there's I like would, a really memorable final hand in it that you would remember, yeah. I think, if you saw it. Do you know it, what? But... I've already lent you enough Blu-rays. You can have another one. We'll throw, <laughs> we'll throw the Cincinnati kid on top. So, yeah, you know, the tour is on a bit of a hiatus for the next couple months because uh, it's a while till Barcelona, so we're going to have some fun, some time to, to talk about some fun outside poker content. So we'll get started on that next week. For now, we are all out of time. From Matt Brout and James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.